Kates Pasuk Mem Gimel, the Torah tells us, Vayar Moshe es kol ha-malacha, Moshe Rabbeinu saw the entire malacha of the Binyan HaMishkan, Binyan Asu Aisa, Kasher Tziva Hashem Kain Asu. And Klal Yisrael did it exactly as they were charged to do it. Vayivarech Aisa Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu benched Klal Yisrael at this critical juncture in in our history. Rashi says that the bracha that Moshe Rabbeinu gave to Klal Yisrael for completing the Mishkan was a twofold bracha. It was a bracha of Yehiratzayn Shetishra Shechina B'maisi Yedechem. Number one, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should actually be Mashra Shechina in your handiwork. You built this Mishkan you built all the kalim. Klal Yisrael contributed generously to it. All of the pieces are in place except for one. And that is that the point of the Mishkan, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should come and live in this Mokim, should be complete. You know, sometimes you you build something and, you know, and, and, and it's supposed to work when there's assembly required and, you know, you, you put all the pieces together and then, you know, there's a switch or there's a battery that you put in. You're waiting to see if it works. So everything was put into place, but now Klai Yisrael had to wait and see whether or not, in fact, it worked. Was it a place that Kaddish Baruch Hu found acceptable to enter and to live in and to reside in Kaviyachol? And the second bracha that Kaddish that that Moshe Rabbeinu gave was the Nayam Hashem Aleikeinu Aleinu that the sweetness and the pleasantness of Hashem should be upon us, which is one of the Kapitlach Tilim, one of the Yud Aleph Kapitlach Tilim that were written by Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, we know that David HaMelech wrote Sefer Tilim, but that's not entirely true. David HaMelech was more of the compiler of Sefer Tilim. But there were Kapitlach and Tilim that were written by Moshe Rabbeinu, 11 of them. We say a lot of them on Shabbos morning in Sukkot Zimra. And then there were Kapilach written by other people throughout history, Asaf, others, and uh, but David Amalf put them all together in Sefer Tilim. So one of the Kapilach that Mesh Rabbeinu wrote was the Nayam Hashem Alekeinu Aleinu, that the sweetness, the pleasantness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be upon us. And that was also a bracha that he gave Klal Yisrael at this point. The question is why why Moshe Rabbeinu had to give two brachas to Klal Yisrael. They sound sort of similar. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu should be Master Yeshchina and also that Hakadosh that Hakadosh Baruch Hu should be his pleasantness should be upon us. Sounds like similar. And I wanted to suggest once that if you look in the Svarim, the Nefesh Achayim, and others, they say that really. There were two purposes in the Mishkan. The, there is a measure that says, I will make, you should make for me a Mishkan, says Hashem, and I will be Shaykhin Bisaycham in them. So you don't have to be a big baldiktuk to know that it should have been Bisaychai. I'm going to live in it. What's Bisaycham? So the Medrash says, and this is one of those Medrashim that if you, you know, do a search on Hebrew books or something, you wouldn't be able to find the Medrash. Because we don't have it in our, in our body of Medrash. Medrash Rabbah, Yalkuts, this Medrash, even though it's very famous, we don't find it, but the Shlach Kaddish brings it. So obviously, he, b- he brings it to the Shem and Medrash, so there were Medrashim that we don't have. He says, B'Saychai Lainam Ha'ela B'Saycham which means that HaKadosh Baruch it's true, wanted the Mishkan in order to be Masha Hishkina in the Mishkan. But that wasn't the main purpose of the Mishkan. HaKadosh Baruch is doing just fine, thank you, living up in Shemayim. He doesn't need to come down to planet Earth and to find the Makim to reside here. Why does he want us to build him a Mishkan? Because he wants us to make ourselves into a Mishkan like that Mishkan. Meaning when we come away from that Mishkan, 
and we leave inspired and see exactly the surah of the Mishkan, which Reb Chaim says was very similar to a human anatomy. There were certain kalim that were connected, certain organs in the human body, and when we see that the Shechina was Shaira in the Mishkan, we are supposed to be inspired to make our own bodies into a smaller Mishkan, into a Mishkan Ma'at, and HaKadosh Baruch should feel comfortable living within us. It's easier said than done, because in order to have HaKadosh Baruch be Mashri Shechina in us, we have to be pure. We have to matar our lave, we have to make sure that we don't have bad thoughts and bad sights and bad, you know, and bad speech. But the Mishkan is supposed to be inspirational to us to be like the Mishkan. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu should get his Ratzai not only to be in a building, in an edifice, but in us he wants to come. I want to be sheikh in every one of you, not just in the Mishkan. And so I think these two brachas that Meshach Abeno bestowed upon Klai Yisrael were these two elements, these two dinim of what the Mishkan's purpose was. The first thing is, You built the Mishkan, should come and live in that Mishkan that you built, the in your handiwork. But additionally, and perhaps more importantly, the sweetness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Ashras HaShchina, should be Aleinu. It should be upon us, it should be in our bodies, B'Sayichinu. That's what we are really hoping for when we have a Mishkan. You know, we don't have a Mishkan anymore. And Babineseinah Rabbim, we don't have even the Beis HaMikdash anymore. And so, we'd really like to feel once in a while that Ni'imas Vakadosh Baruch We're in Golas. We're in a very dark Golas that it's very hard to see HaKadosh Baruch And to feel HaKadosh Baruch And Halabai, if we'd be able to feel once in a while that Ni'imas, that the Nayam Hashem Alekein Oleinu, I think our world would be a lot different. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we're able to feel the ni'imas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sometimes when we learn and we're into it, sometimes on a, you know, when we're davening well, when we're having a, a good Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and the Elah, sometimes we're able to feel the Nayam HaShem Aleinu. But most of our lives we are, I think, unfortunately not able to feel the ni'imas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on a daily basis and feel really that connection, that close emotional and affectionate connection between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tzadikim have that. Tzadikim have that connection of Ni'imas. The Inayam is always Aleim. But, we don't have a Mishkan and therefore we don't have this Inayam either. But I believe that there's still one element of the Mishkan, at least one element of the Mishkan that we could learn from in order to be inspired, in order to get a ni'imas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu upon us. One of the parts of the Mishkan that I think are less studied and more overlooked is a part of the Mishkan called the Adonim. Most people, when they talk about the Mishkan and they dash about the Mishkan and how, you know, we take Musa from it, so the Menaira is Masam and the Shulchan is Mesamel Parnasa, and the Aaron and the Kruvim are Mesamel everything. Taira and Chinuch and, uh, and children and everything is in the, is in the Kruvim. And people darshan all of the various elements of the Mishkan effectively. And they're all true. The one thing that I think is less studied and less darshaned is the Adonim. Adonim are silver sockets that were underneath the the crushim of the Mishkan. The outskirts of the Mishkan were built by beams, wood covered in gold, and under every one of these beams had two prongs coming out of it, and under these two prongs fit perfectly two silver boxes, like frames, that would basically, you would put the crushim into, and they would keep it up. 
I once asked, by the way, a, uh, a person who wrote one of the uh, important books on the Mishkan, very popular work. I asked him what the purpose of, it always bothered me what the purpose of the Adonim were. Chayra, you could have just had the gold crush him, and obviously the Rebbein Shalom has his cheshvim. But in terms of just from an arche- from architectural standpoint, everything else in the Mishkan, we sort of understand why there had to be interlocking, you know, um, why there had to be a... Uh, an um, amaratavach, and why there had to be certain clasps and certain hooks and certain everything is understood in a physical, architectural way. But these adonim, what are they accomplishing? Why couldn't you just have gold all the way down to the floor? What were these sockets doing? They weren't like linking anything together because each each of these things were meaning. If you'd have a a double socket and they would be adjoining two you know two crushim to keep them locked together, that would be one thing. But that wasn't what was happening. And he told me that it bothered him also. And the only thing that he could come up with was that, you know, perhaps the gold, gold is a much softer metal. And if you keep the gold directly on the floor, it would sort of, it, would, it might bend and it might, you know, not keep the Mishkan up sturdy enough. So silver is a stronger metal, and that's why every one of the Krushim were held together by two sockets on the bottom to keep it more firm. I don't know, that's what he said. But if you look in the Balaturim on this week's parsha, the Balaturim says on the Pasuk, which says how many Adonim there were in the entirety of the Mishkan, there were exactly 100 of these silver sockets. Exactly 100. Zogta Balaturim, the Alzeh Tiknu Mea Brachis Pachalyayim. On the basis of the hundred sockets, on the basis of the one hundred adonim in the Mishkan, they were misakin to have one hundred brachis every single day. Very strange, Balaturim. What in the world does the hundred adonim have to do with the hundred brachas that we're supposed to be making on a daily basis? So the Chidushi Arim explains the Balaturim as follows. He says that the Lashon of Adonim comes from a Lashon of Adnus. Adnus means Adon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our master. And just like the Mishkan was built on a foundation of 100 Adonim, on the declaration that there is 100 Adnus, meaning HaKadosh Baruch was the other in HaElamim and there's a hundred declarations as such on for, forming the foundation on which the Mishkan is built so too we who like we just said are also supposed to be a Mishkan we are built on the foundation as Jews of having a Muna in the Adain and we have to declare this 100 times a day and if we are able to, then that will provide for us the necessary underpinnings of our emuna. And so I'd like to discuss today a lesson that we could take from the Mishkan. This is the last parsha in Sefer Shemais, and it's the last parsha that we really have the opportunity to talk about the structure of the Mishkan. In Sefer Vayikra, we have a lot of opportunity in Mitzvah Hashem to talk about the Karbanis that were brought in the Mishkan. But this is really the end of many parishes discussing and giving us opportunity to learn about the, the building and the Tavnis of Mishkan and all of the Kalim. And I think if we learn a little bit of a lesson from the Adonim, from these 100 Adonim that the Balaturim teaches us, our Kineget, the 100 Brachas that we make every day, I think we'll be able to get one last chance at this year of being able to have some of the ni'imus that Moshe Rabbeinu benched the Mishkan with and Klai Yisrael with together with the Mishkan. The source of these hundred brachas which we make every day which the Balaturim says is from the Adonim, is found in a Gemara in Munachai Sandaf Mem Gimlam at Beis. Tanya Hayer of Meir Aimer. Chayev Adam Levarech Mea Brachis Bechal Yaim. 
a person is obligated, this is not extra credit, there's a Lashon of Chiyuv here, a person is very obligated to make 100 brachas a day. How do you know this? Shenemar, the Atta Yisrael, Ma Hashem Lekech HaShoel Me'imach Kiyim Liyera. A pasuk in Sefer Devarim, Meishu Rabbeinu is telling Klai Yisrael, the Atta Yisrael, now Klai Yisrael, what already does HaKadosh Baruch Hu expect from you? Kiyim Liyera. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to have Yira Shemayim. That's really the fundamental thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. At the end of the day, after all the tire and all the mitzvahs that we do, when you boil it all down, Meishu Rabbeinu says there's one thing that Hashem wants from us, and that's Yira Shemayim. That's all He wants. There's a, there's a Gemara that says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu keeps Yira Shemayim in his Beit Saisari. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has like a, a safe deposit box up in Shemayim, a vault, and in that vault, all he keeps is Yira Shemayim that we have. So the Gros says, why does he only keep Yira Shemayim there? There's a lot of valuable stuff in this world to keep. So the Gros explains, what does a person put in a safe deposit box? The person goes to the local bank and says, I want to, you know, I want to get a safe deposit box. So you're paying about, I don't know, maybe $10, $15 a month to rent this space that's supposedly secure. What do you keep in there? Do you keep your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in there? Do you keep, uh, I don't know, you know, pen, scrap paper? Of course not. Every inch is precious. You're paying good money to have a safe place. So you keep, you know, your wife's engagement ring, or you keep your, you know, stock certificates, or bonds, or gold, or, you know, something that are really, really chashif to you, that's what you keep in your safe deposit box. To waste it with, like, styrofoam cups, that's ridiculous. No one would do that. Zak the What's HaKadosh Baruch supposed to put in his safe? He has everything. I have all the money, all the silver, gold in the world. It's worthless to me. I have it all. That's like styrofoam. It's nothing. It would be ridiculous for me to put into a safe deposit box. The only thing I don't have, says the Grah, the Shemir Benishalam, I don't have Yerushalayim. Why? Because Chazal tell us, There's one thing that HaKadosh Baruch cannot produce. HaKadosh Baruch can make silver, he can make gold, he can make diamonds, he can make platinum. He cannot make one thing. That He needs us, Kaviyachol, for one thing, and that's Yerushalayim. It's the only thing HaKadosh Baruch can't make. We have to manufacture Yerushalayim and present that to him. When we do, he puts that in his safe because that's the only thing of value to him. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu only wants that, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from us. Says Meish Rabbeinu. Meish Rabbeinu. There's one thing that Hashem wants from us, and that's to have Yerushalayim. That's the only thing He wants. That's the only thing He needs from us. A little Yerushalayim. And from this very Pasuk, telling us the importance of Yerushalayim to Hashem, there's a remez to the mayor brachas that we're supposed to say every day. Ma Hashem Rashi, Ma is like mayor. Ma Hashem what does Hashem want? The word Ma, Meme, is very close phonetically to mayor, Mem Alefe. So Meya Hashem Lekach is asking a hundred from you. Tysus brings a different shot than Rashi after quoting Rashi. He says that if you count the amount of letters in that pasuk, there's 99 letters. And you take an aleph, you put that in, now there's 100. So, and that forms the word meya. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants 100 things from you every day. He wants 100 brachas. Now, if you're going to know, if you're going to ask me, how do you know he wants 100 brachas? Maybe he wants 100, I don't know, yeah. You know, a hundred, uh, hundred mitzvahs a day. Maybe he wants a hundred shtiklach a day. I don't know what he wants. It doesn't say in the Pasuk Bracha. So if you look at Rabbeinu Bechaya in this week's parsha, he says, he brings Taisa's chat, he likes Taisa's chat about the 99 words in that, letters in that Pasuk with the Aleph, he makes it a hundred. And then he says that David Amelech writes and tells him another Remez, Hine Kichain. 
Yevarach Gaver, Yirei Hashem. He says, Kichain is Gematria 100. So he says, Hine, Kichain, when you're making 100, Yevarach Hashem, when you're blessing Akadish Baruch a 100 times a day, Yirei Hashem. That's the school law that you'll have Yerushalayim. Now David HaMelech who wrote Sefer Tehillim and wrote that Pasuk and was Merame's to Meir Brachas B'chayim and that Pasuk knew a thing or two about the Meir Brachas because the Torah writes in Arachayim Semen Memvav that in fact it was David HaMelech who was Mesake in the Meir Brachas B'chayim. Why was he Mesake in Meir Brachas B'chayim? Because the Torah says that there was, he was quoting a Medrash there was a magefa that was happening in Klai Yisrael. Every day, a hundred Jews were dying. And they couldn't figure out why these Jews were dying. So David Amal says, you know what, I have an idea. Let's make a hundred brachas obligatory every single day. Every year has to make a hundred brachas. And let's see if that works. And sure enough, they started being misaki and a hundred brachas. People made a hundred brachas a day. And magefa stopped. And the Torah says that's why we today are still making hundred brachas today because of that takanas David Amalach. So I think I saw in the Tamadas where Moshe Shembach that he says it's not true from the Torah that that original reason is still in, in effect. Meaning when we make hundred brachas today, it's not just because of minigavetsin abiyadenu. It's in order to still prevent the magefa. The magefa could start chasvishalm at any given time. So by us making a hundred brachas every day, we are in effect stopping a magefa. And we have to learn the Ali Shur. The Ali Shur is, by the way, we're learning this piece in particular on Mondays uh, by my table at 12 o'clock. We have a chabura, a beautiful chabura of Nehalia that come together on Mondays we learn Ali Shur and everybody is invited it's a little piece of lunch but it's uh, it's Kedai I think and we're actually learning this piece right now and I wanted, I was so moved by it and it's so, it changed me a little bit that I wanted to share it on a broader, on a broader stage the Ali Shur explains how exactly these brachas bring to Yerushalayim because after all in the very Pasuk, which tells us, what does Hashem want except for Yerushalayim? In that very Pasuk is where the Mea Bracha Samarum is. I mean, there, the Torah must say many times the word Ma. But Dafka in this Pasuk is there a remiss the Mea Bracha Yaim. What do we see from that? That the Mea Bracha Yaim are like the vitamins that enable us to have Yerushalayim every day. If we're able to make a hundred brachas a day, that will ensure that we have Yerushalayim. How does that happen? We make a hundred brachas a day, most of us, right? If we're making a hundred brachas a day, so why, why don't we have Yerushalayim? So the Ali Shores explains it's as follows. A bracha, when you have kavana, is something which gives you tremendous Yerushalayim. And he uses the expression that Chazal used, that many people are zayrek bracha mitiv. We throw brachas out of our mouth. If you stop and think about it, it's so true. Sometimes, you know, the frummer guys in yeshiva, you see sometimes outside, you know, of the bathroom, when they're finished, you know, using the bathroom, you'll excuse me, they, they stand there and they shuckle, they mamish make an ashayatzar properly. And you know, they have these charts today, and Imamish, it gives you the ability to focus on how important it is what you're saying. Thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for enabling us to do these all-important necessities. Having our bodies function just so to re- remove all of the waste, and we're able to be healthy and strong and live. And what would happen if any of them, Khalilah, were not working properly if you make a bracha with kavana and you shakal and you think about that, that's a tremendous source of Yerushalayim. Tremendous source of Yerushalayim. 
The problem is that most of us, myself included, I'm guilty as charged. You know, we're in a rush. We're, we just went. We have to go somewhere else. We have to run up to the diner. We have to go down here. We have to, right? So what do we do? As we're on our way, we're like, you know, sort of like fumbling the bracha, and we're we're just getting through it. That's called zarek bracha mitiv. When we're playing basketball and somebody like brings us a snapple and we're so thirsty and we like open it up and like as we're about to like drink it as an afterthought we're like we, we make a bracha like in in 0.3 seconds you know before the the snapple goes into our mouth as it's you know coming down we quickly make a bracha that's called zarek bracha mitiv that's not a bracha or it's not a bracha that is going to give us any degree of yerushalayim. The bracha that will give us Yerushalayim is a bracha that we think and we think long and hard as we're making the bracha of what we're saying. What is the anatomy of a bracha? The Alishur says it's Baruch Atah Hashem. First of all, you're, you're, you're praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we say the shame of Hashem, we know in Shulchan Aruch it says that when you say the shame of Abaya, shame Yudke Vavke, you're supposed to mechaven that he's Adain Akayel. He's the master of everything. You have to think about that. What does that mean, he's the Adain Akayel? Adain Akayel means that he owns everything. You know, some, let's say I, I introduce you to someone and I say, you know what, he owns half of Manhattan. You know, he owns like high risers and skyscrapers. What You're going to like you're going to really sit there. Like when you're shaking this guy's hand, it's like, he's not Stama guy. He owns half of Manhattan. Let's say I told you there's a person that owns or a being that owns the entire world. He's, he is the controller and the owner and the CEO of everything. You'd be like tittering if you'd understand who you're talking to. So when we say, every time we say the Russian Adnus, what we're basically saying is HaKadosh is the other HaKadosh he is the boss he owns everything he, there is nothing that he does not own we say every day in Shemanesi the Kainei HaKadosh he is in full ownership of everything we think that we own a house and we own a car and we have you know our, our money and we have our stocks and we have we have nothing the truth is HaKadosh owns everything he loans us things but he owns everything that's a scary thing. When you're making a bracha and you say, Baruch Hashem, I'm talking to the Adain HaKel, that's big. Elekeinu, when we say the word Elekeinu, in Shulchan Aruch it says that every time we say the Lashon Elekeinu, we're supposed to think that Kadesh Baruch is the Takif, he is the omnipotent one, he's all-powerful, almighty, he is capable of doing anything that he wants. He is the master of all power. It doesn't get better than that. He is a per- he is a being that is omnipotent, that is almighty, that is all powerful. It's not possible to comprehend the power that Akhrishparaku possesses. Okay, so we just started a bracha. Every bracha, every time we're Zarik Bracha Mipiv, we're missing out on all this Yerushalayim. Hashem is, uh, we're addressing Baruch Atta, I'm talking to him straight. I'm not saying, I'm not talking to him in second person. I'm not saying, you know, like we speak to our Rebbe, what does Rebbe think about, no, no, I'm, I'm speaking to you. I get the opportunity to directly talk to Hashem. Baruch Atta, you, first person. Baruch, you are blessed, Hashem. You're the Adon Atal Elekeno, you're the Takif. You are all powerful. Melech, you are the king. Ha'olam. If you don't say the word Ha'olam, the Alishur says, he brings that it's Ha'olam of Horeshus. If you don't say the word Ha'olam, it's Ma'aki of the Bracha. You did not make a Bracha. Why? Because if you're just saying that he's the king, but you don't say the king over what? That's not a king. A king has to have a world over which to, to rule and over which to reign. So we have Baruch Atah Hashem, Elohim Elohim. The first part of every bracha is enough to make you shake in your boots if you're understanding what you're saying. That's your Shemayim. The Lashon of the Alishur is that if a person is not Zerik Abracha Mipiv, but rather 
He's Mavarach and he's thinking actually about what he's saying when he's making these brachas. It's enough, it's sufficient to make a hundred such brachas a day to mold us into Yarishamayim. If we want to have Yarishamayim, the ingredient, the formula, the recipe is make 100 brachas a day properly and you will have Yarishamayim too. That's one part of a bracha. One part of the bracha is that the opening salvo of every bracha is like a shot in the, in, in the heart of Yerushalayim. It's like you're giving yourself an injection a hundred times a day of reminding yourself of how great HaKadosh Baruch is and how great we are, that we have the opportunity to bless Him every day. That's part of it. That's part of the mile of a bracha. But the second vad that the Alishur gives, it's broken up into the vada that he, as he broke them up, is amazing. The Alishur says, in benching every day, whenever we bench, you know, some people bench more than others. If you're on a diet or something, uh, you know, it's, it, you don't, you don't wash as much. And you know, a lot of people, I don't want to bench. Just time of chutzpah. You know, if you're doing it because of health reasons, it's one thing. But a lot of people, ah, you know, should I wash? Should I not? Nah, I don't want to bench. What do you don't want to bench? You don't want to. You don't want to get a mitzvah seidai raisa. How many mitzvah seidai raisas do we have already these days? Very few. You can count on maybe two, three hands how many mitzvah seidai raisa you know we have on a given day. Not too many. You know, the base hamikdash. We know we have like mamish a few. One of them is the Chalta Vesavata Vakta. So I decided, I don't want to bench. Well, you don't want to bench. You don't have time to bench Hashem. You have the opportunity to eat bread. Okay, you don't want to, you don't, if you don't have time to bench, it's one thing. If you don't, you know, you don't want to, don't want to eat bread, you don't want to have carbs, you don't want to starch, okay. But you don't want to bench, and that's why you're not eating bread. That's, there's something wrong with that, I think. But he says, let's say when we do bench, what are we saying when we bench? In the first bracha of benching, we say, Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Ha'ilam, Hazan Esailam Kulay V'tulay. HaKadosh Baruch Hu feeds us. He gives us nutrition. B'tubay, with His goodness. B'chein, with charm. B'chesed, with kindness. U'v'rachamim, with mercy. He says, where, where do you see that? How is he zon us? Bechein or bechest the rachamim? He explains as follows. He says, when you have bread, and when you have milk, and when you have fruits, in them HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows, you have to pay attention to what I'm saying here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows his goodness to us through all the various types of foods that he supplies us with every day. The bread fills us up. When you eat bread, the one mile of bread that, you know, sometimes when a person's on a diet and he doesn't have bread, he can have a lot of good tasting foods, but he's never really full. In order to be full, you need to have bread. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is maspia us with bread. That's what bread accomplishes. And milk, what does milk do? When we drink a, a nice cold glass of milk, milk makes us feel healthy. It makes us feel strong. It makes us empowered a little bit to take on the day. That's why part of a healthy part of breakfast every morning is to have milk. Milk gives you some nutrition that you need. It might not fill you up, but it gives you energy. That's taiv, and that's chesed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does good with us, He lets us feel full. He does a chesed with us that He allows us to feel this like high from a glass of milk or from other nutritious types of drinks that give us that surge of energy. That's chesed straight from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What about a fruit? What about a beautiful fruit that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us? The best person, if you want to get into this, you know, 
Ravigdor Miller is the master of this. Everybody knows Ravigdor Miller. If you listen to his tapes, you know, he knew how to dissect the fruit and how to just present it in such a light that you have to, like, you'll never eat a fruit again the rest of your life without, you know, fully appreciating HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because he was able, he studied these things, and he understood how exactly every fruit is a certain color. You know, and how that color entices you to eat it. When a banana is green, it's like a symbol, don't eat me. And when it turns yellow, it's a, it's a symbol to eat me. If the banana, like if the peel is broken on a banana even just a little bit, the whole thing turns brown. The same thing is true for an apple and an orange. But every fruit has a beautiful color, and they are uniquely shaped. They have different sweetnesses, they have different textures, they have different... Just different elements about every fruit. A grape is not an apple, an apple is not a pear, a pear is not an orange. When we were learning the Alishar, I was talking a little bit about the beauty of a star fruit. Something that, it didn't make it to like the, the more popular fruit for some reason. We have it only Rosh Hashanah. But it's a delicious, I never understood it. It's a delicious fruit. And after the Shvaruch who made it, I don't think it's a grafted, you know, a laboratory type of thing. I think this is how the Shvaruch who made it. In a beautiful star shape. And the next day, somebody in the Chabura put three of them on my table. And I had them for breakfast and for lunch. It was delicious. But it's not an apple. It's a different taste. Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu make so many fruits? So many different types of fruits. There's berries and there's strawberries and there's blackberries and there's pears and peaches in the summer and watermelon. Delicious. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us all of these fruits. He didn't just give us one fruit. Here, these are apples, that's your fruit. And you'll be, I'd say, your food group of fruit with apples. No. He gave us apples and many, many different types of apples. Green apples, red apples, and yellow apples. It's very hard when your wife gives you a shopping list on Arab Shabbos to go get apples. And then you go to the supermarket, it's like, God, yeah, there's, there's like, you know, Macintosh apples and, and this type of apple. And Granny Smith apple, you don't even know, you have to call or text, like, what apple did you mean? You know, for that case, because you know that whatever apple you bring home is going to be the wrong apple. Why not could a Shparfu make so many different types of apples? Why not could a Shparfu make red grapes and green grapes and yellow grapes and champagne grapes? Why? How could a Shparfu made these, says the Ali Shore, in order to show us and for us to feel his chain? There's a chain to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a charm. You know, sometimes you meet people in life, and the only way to speak about them is you say, uh, there's some, he has like a chain to him, or she has a chain to her. There's something about her. I don't know what it is, but there's a certain chain. It's like an intangible thing that just draws you naturally to that person because there's just something special. The way they look, the way they talk, the way they speak, the way they act. There's just something chain about this chenedik about them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a chain to him. But we wouldn't know it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so far away. And he's so, he's so great and he's so big and he's so everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be personal with him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to feel his chain. And so he gives us fruit in shells with beautiful colors on them, protecting them not to be dirty, protecting them from the elements, making sure that the that they're tampered free, that when you open an orange, you know that it's going to be in good condition, it's going to be delicious. Because HaKadosh wants us to be very personal and feel his chain. How do we do that on a daily basis? We do it when we eat. When we're able to eat a delicious food, a, a, a beautiful salad, and we think about it. Otherwise, we're just, we're not thinking. That's the problem with our lives. We never think. But if once in a while we think, wow, this is a beautiful banana. I'm not just going to eat it because I'm hungry. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to try to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's chain when I'm eating it. It's a different experience. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying through Benshin, Hazan HaSalam all of these experiences we can feel through food that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us and when we bench, when we make brachas 
we're able to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in these intimate ways that otherwise a guy would never be able to appreciate what we're saying here because they don't make brachas. When we make a bracha, when we make a bare priya adama, we'll say, wow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu enabled a farmer to go plant seeds in the ground and outshoots tomatoes and green peppers. And he's able to make us plant trees and off of the trees we're able to take grapes and apples and and all these delicious foods. The pizza that I'm eating, HaKadosh Baruch enabled that to grow out of the ground. When we're able to make brachas, brachas make us very close to HaKadosh Baruch Besides for the Yerushalayim that we get, when we say, we're able to feel the ne'imas of HaKadosh Baruch upon us. Remember we asked before with Adam Mishkan, how do we feel the ni'imas? We want that ni'imas on us every day. We don't have a mishkan to look at. But we have the adonim of the mishkan. We have those 100 adonim, the 100 adonims that we're saying every day through our brachas. That enables us to feel the ashras hashkina upon us. It gives us the hine kich and yibarach kaver, yirei Hashem. When we make these brachas, we're able to tap into not only your shamayim, but the feeling as if we're walking into a mishkan and feeling the ni'imas v'akadosh baruch upon us. That's the purpose of a bracha. The adnos, the adonim. This is what we get when we bench and when we don't bench. Or when we bench, as we always do, we're being zerik bracha mipiv. We're like, in three, it's possible for a person to bench a ten minute benching and sometimes like you're waiting for the person, you know, sometimes you're like on a date and the girl is like, obviously she's doing it just to impress you, but, you know, she doesn't stop and you already want to go because, like, you know, you're going to get a ticket, the meter's expiring, or the parking garage, you know, you're about to hit that other hour, and, you know, and uh, come on, so hurry it up. We were able to make a, to bench in, like, in 30 seconds. You know, how long does it take to bench already? But when a person benches with the right kavana, you walk away from the meal not just feeling full, but you feel full of your shamayim. And you feel the tuba and the chain and the chesed upon you. That's what a bracha is. And when we don't, we're not fooling anybody but ourselves when we don't make brachas with kabbalah. Yeah, the Alishur is so beautiful a sefer. It's one of the most popular, if not the most popular, contemporary Muslim sefer out there. The beauty of the Alishur, besides for, he doesn't need my compliments, but besides for his vast Brilliance and his his bikiyos, that he imamish knows everything and he brings everything in at the perfect time in the perfect way. The main thing I think that really hooked everybody on the sefer is that he does something rare, and that is he gives us practical solutions, practical like workshops to deal with these musar topics. Not just in the, it's not like just hanging in the air and like okay, let's go home. He says let's do something practical with what we just learned. And his, his general shita is that tafastam rubalei tafastam. If you're going to try to capture all hundred adonim every single day, it's not going to happen. You're not even getting at one. He says, so let's try, and I, I've been trying this a couple of weeks now, and it really works. Try like making like one bracha a day with kavana. Just one. Forget about all 1900. Forget the 99. One bracha a day with kavana. When you're making a shahato, or when you're benching, just one of the brachas, obviously that does mean you have a head to, to turn your brain off of the other, the more the barrier, but at least one to make Baruch Ata Hashem Adain Akayel Eleikeinu Melech And then you fill in the blank, whatever it is. It's not just, by the way, food brachas. There are so many other, we said about the Ashayatzar. There are birchas hashachar every morning that we make. And every bracha is so significant. We could give shmuzin about, ten shmuzin about every birchas hashachar. Every one of them is mamasha musr shmuz. I saw Victor Miller has a piece on mayor brachas in one of his farm. And he focuses not on the food brachas, which I was hoping he would because I, I wanted to hear what he had to say about the fruits, but he didn't go there. He was speaking about one of the birchas hashachas that we probably don't even know what it's talking about. We say it every day, but it's again a thing that we're zarek bracha mipiv. Barachat Hashem lekenem alachaylam. Right kaha aretz alhamayim. 
I would want to personally question every single person in the room, myself included, before I learned it, and ask, what in the world does that bracha mean? I mean, we say it every day. We must know what it means. Right? Do you even know what the pshuta shal mikra is? What does it mean? Raika. Raika aratahamayim. So this, the literal translation is that the Baruch like spreads Raika, he, he like un, unfurls like the Aretz al The world used to be all water. HaKadosh Baruch maybe Abasha. Great, what does that have to do with me? Zokta Victor Miller, this bracha is critical. He says what it means is that we have the ability to get off of our bed in the morning, put our two feet on the ground, and start getting up and walking. Do you know the bracha that that is? HaKadosh Baruch gave us terra firma, firm ground under our feet and we're able to use that firm ground to walk one step at a time, one step at a time there are people in this world and we know many of them that are not able to get off a of bed in the morning and walk but that is, you go to any hospital they can't walk they're strapped to different gurneys and they're, and they're all hooked up and they can't walk and they can't move the bracha that we give after the shparcho that he enables us to be right that we get off and we get off the bed and we put one foot after another. You know, and then we have the chutzpah. I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Person woke up on the wrong side. Do you hear what you're saying? You got off your bed and you're saying that I was on the wrong side of the bed? Are we crazy? I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. If you can wake up and you can get up on any side of the bed, that's a good day. It's something that we all take for granted. I don't mean to preach. I really, I never do. I'm talking to myself. This is something that I take for granted every day. But if we be able, when we make these brachas, instead of just like rattling them off as I'm walking from my car to yeshiva, running to the dak, and like getting all the brachas, that shakha is over with, if we be able to sit with a sitter and spend proper time being mechavin on every single bracha, as much as our human mind can comprehend and understand what they mean, and what Elikeinu Melech means, and what Reikar Etzah Amayim, what Shahako Mi'ev Dabar, what Azan Esayim Kulay, what Ashayotzer Esayim Bechachma, what these brachas mean, these are Adonim, these are the foundations of our lives that we have to give back to the Rebbein in order to in turn be blessed and to feel His Ne'imas upon us. There was a great Hasidic rabbi by the name of Aaron Mikarlin. Rabbi Aaron Mikarlin was one of the one of the masters of Hasidus. The reason why I love Rabbi Aaron Mikarlin is because he was the he was the the, the Balmenagim of Ka'echsaf Noyam Shabbos. He made up that nigan. I don't, it's not clear whether or not the nigan to that zemer is his or not. There was once a Kalina Chassid in Yeshiva, and he told me that it wasn't, but I didn't listen. Because I, I like to put those two together. The niggin is mamish. Whoever made up that niggin stole it from Shemayim. There's no question about it. There's certainly gunim. I once, and uh, Eitan Katz was once here for Shabbos, and he ate by my house uh, a suda. So as I was walking home, I remember I told him, I said, I don't know where you got the um, lamancha. I said, but I know one thing. You got it from Shemayim. There are certain nigunim that just you know that somebody stole them from heaven. You know the angels are like furious about it. But so Rami Karlin made up this niggin of Kayaksaif. And he was once by a tish. And by the tish he was like giving out apples. I see them are very into like, you know, they have a whole bunch of apples and they throw them and they do different things with them. So so one of the Hasidim, I think, were like a little skeptical, like, you know, or maybe it was a misnagid that was in the room, depending on how you like to tell the, the Hasidish Shemaisis, you know, it's either misnagid or it's a Hasid. And, and it's like, you know, what's so great about the Rebbe eating a bracha, eating an apple? He says, I also eat apples. But the Rebbe makes a bracha, I also make a bracha. And Rebbe and Mikhailin overheard this person saying that, and he says, you know what, you're right. You eat an apple and I eat an apple, you make a bracha and I make a bracha. There's only one small difference between the two of us. You eat, you make a bracha in order that you can eat the apple. You want to eat the apple, there's one thing standing in your way of eating the apple, that's you have to make a bracha. So the bracha is a matir to eat the apple. I, I don't want to eat the apple, I'm, I'm Michael. 
don't really, I'm not into Ayla Mazda. I want to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he made such a beautiful thing called an apple. So I really make a bread of grapes without eating the apple, but we know you can't. That's a bracha of Atalo. So I make a bracha, and then I eat an apple just because I cannot, make a, cannot eat an apple after I make a bracha. So in other words, you're making the bracha in order to eat the apple. I'm eating the apple in order to make a bracha. That's the only difference between the two of us. I crave making brachas. You crave an apple. There are people that eat in order to bench, and there are people that bench in order to eat. There's a vart in Zmir Shabbos. Sayadim bay levarach shalish pamim. Friday night we say in Zemmer. It's always good to have varach on Zmiris because in case you have nothing to say at a Shabbos table, you always have a vart on Zmiris. What does that mean? It means that we persayed, we eat, and we bench three times. But the, if you're if you're perceptive, what the Balzemer is really saying is sayed and by a tzaddik is sayed. He eats in order I'm not benching in order to eat three times. I'm eating three times because I want to bench three times on Shabbos. I want to bless HaKadosh Baruch Hu over and over again, but I have to eat something, so I eat. Rav Shach was once, when he was very old, he was told that he had to have a feeding pipe, um, a feeding tube put in. He wasn't able to eat anymore, something was happening with his esophagus, I don't know, so he had to have some intravenous stuff put in. And he started crying. And they thought he was crying because, you know, like we would cry, you know, I never get to have pizza again, I can't eat an apple again, I can't... He said, I'm not crying because I can't eat anymore. I'm crying because I don't have opportunities anymore to make pension. I can't, I can't make a shackle anymore, I can't make a barpriyadam anymore, I can't bench anymore. That's why I'm crying. A tzaddik looks at a bracha as like, that's Yerushamayim. That's the ability to tap into the Ni'imah Salakadosh Baruch Hu, to appreciate Hashem and to understand His blessings upon us, how profound they are. On Shabbos, it's hard to find a hundred brachas. The Rambam speaks about this. The, Ra- the Rambam says, in Shabbos in Yantif, if you, uh, this is in Hilchas Tefillah, Parak Zayin, Halachatez Zayin, he says to the Mashmameya Brachas, it's very hard. So he says, Ketzat Eichel Ma'at Yerek Mubarach Lefan of Lachrav. You find a you know, Shabbos and Rav Shemayin Esrei three times, and you're missing a lot of Brachas. So how do you make hundred Brachas on Shabbos? Okay, you, got, you have to give Tzachanetz. You have to find a you know, you take a, a carrot and you make a bar and then you make a bar in the then you pull out an apple, you make a bar priyadam, you make a you make a bar in the He says, Umayne Kala Brachas. And you keep a cheshven of all the brachas at until you're mashma hundred brachas every day. The briskerav was medayik in this Rambam. Umayne kala brachas, he says. You have a chiv on Shabbos in Yantif according to the briskerav that you have to count the brachas. You have to count your blessings every Shabbos. You have to keep a cheshven. I'm up to bracha number ninety-four. I'm on the bracha 17. You have to count them. Because during the week you don't have to, I guess, because, you know, you're already, if you're just stopping three times a day and you, you do a little, you know, some other brachas, so then actually yatsar and, you know, you eat a couple of times that you're good. But on Shabbos that it's so critical to make these mere brachas and it's not assured, you have to be minor. You have to actually physically, you know, verbally or whatever, count what cheshman you're up to. That's what tzaddikim used to do. In fact, I saw a story from the Bristol himself that he was in Switzerland. The Briscoe used to go to Zurich a lot um, on vacation, and he, he had a hard time breathing. He had asthma, and so he used to go to Switzerland very often. And he would stay by a certain Chashara uh, person by the name of Rosengarten, I think his name was. And he asked this Balabas, who we were staying by, Shabbos afternoon before Mincha, if he could give him a uh, an apple and a... And a no, a... Um, A banana and an apple. Banana and an apple. So, yeah, he got. He went to the kitchen. He got him a banana and an apple, and it was just sitting by the by the briskerov like the whole day. You know, the whole afternoon. 
and then they went to shul for mincha, and they came back, and that banana and apple were still sitting there, and then they went to Meirev, and the banana and apple were still sitting there, and Mr. Rosengarten like, didn't understand you know, why the Briskarov asked for it, and he had to go get it for him, and he didn't eat it. So the Briskarov explained to him, says, I was missing two brachas. Before Mincha, I was missing two brachas. So I was already cheshmering that I needed in order to be mashmandra brachas. I needed all, I needed two, I was just missing two. Then we went to Mincha together, and they called me up for Levi. So I got an Aliyah. Aliyah's worth two brachas on Shabbos. You make a bracha before the Kriya and after the Kriya. So, so I didn't need the apple and the banana anymore, so that's why I kept it. Sadiqim, they're different than us. They don't look at brachas as being a matter to eat the food, but the main thing is, when do we eat? They look at food and they see opportunities of brachas. They see brachas as opportunities of closeness, of ni'imos, of inayam Hashem aleinu. Now the Adonim, the Adonim are defined in like English translations as sockets. Because they look like a socket. That's how it's designed. It's a socket, I guess, is something that you put, you know, uh, you know, a part in and it clicks. And I think that that's like the perfect word for what the Adonim are. The Adonim in terms of the brachas, in terms of the mea Adonim equaling the mea brachas, are really sockets. They're sockets of electricity and they're sockets of inspiration for our life. We walk around all day and we have a plug in our hand. It's called our neshama. We have a plug. It's ready to be tapped into the most amazing resources of Kedusha. It just wants to get close to HaKadosh but the problem is that you have to plug it in somewhere. You have to be able to take that sock, that, that plug and find the socket and plug it in in order for the thing to work. The only thing, shouldn't say the only thing, but the main way that Chazal teach us of having Yerushamayim, having the Ni'imas, the beauty of HaKadosh Baruch upon us, the connection of feeling HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Yira, feeling his Ava, feeling his Chain, his Tariq, his Chesed, his Rachamim, how do we feel that in our neshama? How do we go from taking a normal day and making it holy and making it special and making it super electrically charged with Kedusha? For that we need Adonim. For that we need the Mea Adonim, which is Mikan, Tiknu, Chazal, Mea Brachas, Pachoyen. Brachas are opportunities, a hundred a day, to tap into the source of Kedusha, to tap into the source of HaKadosh Baruch and if we don't tap into it, we could walk around our whole day. We have all, you know, it's like having a beautiful cell phone. That's like an oxymoron. But if you, let's say you, you think that a cell phone, there's a beauty to the cell phone, which I know a lot of people do. A lot of people are, you know, have, a, have, a, have an infatuation with a cell phone. And, you know, and they're very proud of their cell phone, all their apps and all their, their whole, let's say you have a beautiful brand new iPhone. Okay, and it costs you a fortune. There's only one problem. You didn't buy a charger for it. So obviously it's worth it. It's a paperweight. It's a paperweight. That's all it is. There's, no, there's nothing to it. You can't, you can't use it if you're not charging it. We all are walking around with beautiful nishamas inside of us. We have so much good. We have so many apps. We have so many potentials for Kedushan, for Tyron to stop all the nonsense that we all do every day. We have so much. HaKadosh Baruch Hu built us. He designed us perfectly. You know, not in, uh, in California. What does it say on, on the back of an iPhone? Design, built in China, designed in somewhere in California, wherever. Where is it? No one knows. That's good. Um, why do I know? Um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu designed us in Shemaim. He made us perfect. He designed us perfect. There's only one problem. We have to find a way to charge our batteries in order to use it. And if we don't charge it, we'll walk around our whole life with a dead iPhone in our pocket. That's useless. The way to charge it is we stick our plug into the socket, into the adonim, into the mayor brachas. Every bracha is another opportunity. Don't like go to the bathroom and just walk. Go to the bathroom and say, wow, I have an opportunity to really thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for allowing me to have physically the capability of 
purging myself so that I'm able to go weiter in life. I don't have to be hospitalized. If a person can't do these regular, and you'll excuse these mundane activities, which are far from mundane, a person has to be hospitalized because all the toxins and everything stays trapped in your body, and it's deadly. HaKadosh Baruch allows us to get rid of it, and that deserves a tremendous bracha. It's an opportunity to get so close to HaKadosh Baruch to feel its pain and chesed, and its rachamim. Every food, every birchaz shachar, every time we get an aliyah to the Torah. There are so many ways to plug in our socket, plug in our plugs to the socket of, of HaKadosh Baruch That's what HaKadosh Baruch wants. He wants us to be well-charged. Halavai, we should learn the lessons of the Adonim. The Mishkan is not, not around anymore. The Mishkan is quite around. Maybe not all the parts of the Mishkan, but at least the foundation of the Mishkan, the Adonim, are here. And the Balaturim says that they're found in the Maya brachas that we make for Chalyayim. These sockets are, our, are ours to take full advantage of, to be our foundation of Adnus in our world every day. And Halavayim, it's Hashem. We should be Zaycha slowly. To go mechayel al one brach at a time. Don't overdo it. You don't want to overcharge the circuit either. A little bit, one bracha a day. Shabbos, make a bracha with kavana, kiddush. Whenever you have an opportunity, think a little bit. Think a little bit. When we make a bracha, if you have the time, just think and try to get charged up. Mitzvah Hashem, we should have all the schoolers of the brachas, the mea brachas, all the yeshuas, all of the protection that the mea brachas make. And Mitzvah Hashem, we should see the Tuba Yisparach, the Karim.